0: Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basilli. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat.
1: Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the show. It's great to have all of you tuning us in and turning us on. And yeah, we're actually coming up on an anniversary here with Lyme Talk Radio. Dr. Adam Briner is joining me here today. Why? Because listen, when life gives you Lyme, what should you know? Should you know what the, what this means? Should you know what it is that most extraordinary people, such as himself, is doing in the world to help everyone out there understand there is a pathway to wellness? Today, when Life Gives You Lyme, six innovative treatments for Lyme disease with my very special guest today joining me on the show. We're going to give you lots of information uh, about what he's doing in the world, how he's come to do it in the world, and also what it is about this lifetime for him that has said Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We've got to take a look at what's going on with Lyme, and we've got to be able to provide people with solutions. Uh, Dr. Adam is a medical director of Reiner Whole Body Health Center in Fairfield, Connecticut, not too far away from WBLQ, and he has brought into the forefront some of the leading edge solutions, remedies, and pathways to wellness. Today, we're going to talk about. What he's learned, what he's teaching others, and why is it that we need to look for solutions for people that literally go beyond what you're looking at in terms of "I got a, I got a tick that bit me, give me a little antibiotics." Uh, Dr. Breiner, great to have you here. Welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you, Dr. Pat. Good, great to be here.
1: Yep, it is the season. Um, and you know the thing that we're discovering especially in some of the things we're doing is people just don't even know what they don't know everything from yep there's this little tick over here to i don't think my dog can be affected by it i want to ask you this question Mm -hmm. here you and i are getting ready to have a conversation about some solutions what challenges, what obstacles have you seen in your own life that you had to move beyond to bring you to this very moment?
2: That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: I, <laughs> it's like, what challenges? There are no challenges in life. Come on, Dr.
1: I know. Um,
2: I, I think it, it, it's, you know, from the perspective of a clinician, it's, it's opening up your mind to see what's happening with the patient. Um, We, when I'm a naturopathic physician, and of course we're all very well-trained in natural therapeutics and natural medicine, but while Lyme was a bit known, it really wasn't taught uh, when I was in school. I think now it's starting to uh, be known about this. I mean, I was one of the very first naturopathic physicians to ever attend uh, one of the International Lyme-Associated Disease Symposiums. Yeah. Um, And... It's you're seeing people coming in with these multitude of very complex disease states, multiple symptoms that span every everywhere across the board, and it's it's always that that detective being able to figure out well what's going on here, and and what what can we do about it. Um, I was um, you know I was in um, naturopathic medical school. Uh, one of the I. I was passionate about a very, mm-hmm. you know, certain types of, uh, aspects of it. Um, and one of the things I never thought I'd really be dealing with a lot was neurology, but uh, I tended to really find it more and more interesting. And as I graduated, I really started doing a lot with uh, neurological conditions, and um, really started learning from the tops and in in, in, their, in, the, in the world about things like hyperbaric oxygen and neurofeedback, and that got me looking at things a whole different way. And 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 I was uh, starting to see these patients come in and uh, see how they reacted to some of the therapies we were doing, and then and then lo and behold. I started uh, understanding a little bit more about Lyme disease.
1: Yeah. You know, I think this is a journey that when I, I look at, and I'm from the East coast, I'm from the Northeast. I'm in Seattle now, but I'm from the Northeast. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, I live in a state, of course, that they don't. They think the ticks don't cross from like Idaho and places over to Washington State. They got a whole like other thing going on over here. But the the point is that if I wanted if I wanted to go down the street to a naturopath, uh, I can do that. Bastyr University down the street. Yesterday, I tried to find a doctor in the state of New Jersey to run an iGenix test. And I couldn't, mm-hmm. I, I was hmm. shocked. I was shocked, Dr. Breiner. I was shocked. Maybe because I'm doing the show, I just think we're further along. Where are we in your experience? What is it from your opinion? What is the state of affairs?
2: Well, I think, As far as awareness goes, I -hmm. think we're way far beyond where I was when I started off eating Lyme, uh, you know, 13, 14, 15 years ago. Um, As far as the awareness for the public, people are are aware of this now. Now, an amazing thing in in medicine is politics. It happens. Uh, It's all over the place.
1: Oh, boy. Are we hearing that today, though? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 an amazing thing that you understand. I don't know where you came up in the Northeast, but Connecticut, uh, we're only about an hour from uh, Old Lyme. And yeah. that's where Lyme disease got its name. Okay, a lot of people call it Lyme's disease. And I'm saying, no, it's not limes; it's Lyme, Lyme. disease, just because of the name of that town. And that's because they started seeing these, these uh, uh, uh you know, young kids getting these arthritic conditions. they were trying to figure out what this juvenile arthritis, what's going on, why is it clustering? And and eventually they found a causative agent being the spirochete, the Borrelia bacteria. And Bergdorf from Yale was the guy who made that discovery. So Yale kind of became, you know, where Lyme sort of was at least labeled and described in the medical literature. And uh, for whatever reason, some of those doctors from Yale and some of the surrounding uh, organizations that were associated with it have become sort of, you know, they think that the owners of this. Yeah. I mean, who the heck wants to own a disease? But
3: this yeah, is what right. they've,
2: you know, kind of like put themselves to be, okay, well, and they don't really recognize chronic Lyme. <clears throat> I mean, we've seen patients come in who, you know, with, with horrible neurologic and psychological Lyme disease. And, and, and because they're not recognizing that there's something called chronic Lyme, it's these people just, you know, the, well, they keep going to psychiatrists, they keep setting them with all these different psych, psychiatric meds that don't work or make them worse, and, and people have various types of, um, you know, other presentations, and, and Lyme's not really thought of. It, it, it is becoming a little bit more thought of. Now, I mean, some doctors I go, wow, that's great. Look at that neurologist ran a Western blot. Of course, it's your standard uh, CDC Western blot, so it's not yeah. always going to come up with things. But I, I think so. There is that 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 political paradigm within just the allopathic medical world, which says you know your three weeks or you know twenty one days or one month antibiotics, it's all over, it's done. There's no such thing as chronic Lyme, and then you have a lot of Lyme literate docs out there saying, no, 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 this is a this is serious. Yeah. We've got to be able to treat this longer and harder, wow. and you know, better. And what do we do? Mm-hmm. And then that means that you're in the whole world of literate docs. And then you have the idea of, well, it, it, how do you treat this thing? Do you yeah. just give antibiotics forever and ever?
3: Mm-hmm. And then you have
2: someone like me who's a naturopath who's looking at it through yeah. the prism of of, of of removing the obstacles, obstacles to cure, and helping the organism, the whole body heal, as part of that plan, rather than just going after some bug.
1: Yeah, I love that I'm talking to you about this because I will tell you my own journey is exactly like you talked about. But, you know, there's something that you do as a naturopath. And and I was very, very fortunate to accidentally find a naturopath in Washington State that took this on over 10 years ago when the cases of Lyme disease in Washington State were were so large in the Seattle area and you couldn't even get a test. And the naturopaths, the doctors here took it on because nobody would even touch it. But I'm preaching to the choir when I'm speaking with yeah. you. Don't you think?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I told one of the leading Lyme docs one time I said to him, I said, you know, Lyme disease is a litmus test for the allopath for, for allopathic medicine mm-hmm. because it who what doctor out there in, in the in the allopathic world is going to see every it, it, this disease they can cover in one person all many different disciplines of medicine cardiology neurology gastroenterology mm-hmm. rheumatology it's like goes on and on all the ologies yeah. and that's what happens everyone goes from one doctor to one doctor to one to the next next eventually they're going to psychiatry and you know you're just crazy and everything's fine. Your blood oh, yeah. looks great. And, you know, here's your antidepressant or something. Yeah. So it's, it, 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 so they're not trained to deal with a system that is in a state of dis ease. They just like to deal with these diseases. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard thing, even, you know, for some of the Lyme litter docs to, there's some of them are getting it and, and there are a lot out there. Thank God now more than before. We're starting to realize, oh, we got to do more than just kill this bacteria.
1: Yeah. So this is what I want to do. I want to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about what we've learned. What are some of the treatments? And I love what you said because there are people that are getting well, uh, have gotten well, and want to share what it is that has been discovered. You're one of the doctors that has not only discovered it, but you're actually implementing it. And for those of you out there, if you've got questions for today, 1-800-930-2819. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what are these six innovative treatments? And for those of you out there, I'm sure you've got a few more. Give us a shout. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to give you lots of information so you know to contact Dr. Breiner. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel as if you're working twice as hard but only getting half as far? Are you trying to connect with your path in life and finding it elusive? Mainstream Metaphysics Radio is a weekly call-in show where we harness our connection with the universe and use what is in our power to affect change for optimal success and happiness. This hit show bridges the divide between what is and what we do not know. Eve, named one of the country's top psychics, also known as the MBA Psychic, invites you on this journey for this live calling show with readings, featured guests, leaders, and visionaries in both business and spiritual callings. So join Eve Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com as she takes metaphysics mainstream. For more information about EVE, visit EliteTarot.com. That's EliteTarot.com.
0: Discover the healing medicine from the giant monkey tree frog, Cambo. Cambo practitioner Ginny Rutherford and professional psychic Todd Rolson have come together for lively discussions of alternative healing medicines from the Amazon. Ginny and Todd bring you Cambo Talk Radio. Tune in each Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific to hear from guests all over the world with real life stories and the medicinal benefits of Cambo. For more information, visit cambokiss.com. Be you plus live your purpose equals joy. That's the motto of Unstuck Joy with Vicki Todd. Vicki believes you were born with gifts that are meant to make the world brighter. Each show will feature an art visioning journal prompt to help you create your way to soul clarity. If you're ready to get unstuck and create more joy, this show is for you. Tune in every month on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit
1: VickiWorldArt.com. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know what? What a great show today. For those of you out there, when Lyme gives you, when life gives you Lyme, six innovative treatments for Lyme disease with my very special guest, Dr. Adam Briner, joining me here today. Before we jump ahead, though, um, uh, would you mind, Dr. Adam, giving out all of your information, how people can find out more about you, how they can get copies of whatever it is you're publishing, all of the above?
2: Okay. Probably the Best place to check me out is at wholebodymed.com. So that's W-H-O-L-E-B, as in boy, B-O-D-Y-M-E-D.com, wholebodymed.com. And that's my website. We have our phone number there for the clinic at 203-371-8258. And I'm in Fairfield, Connecticut.
1: I love it. You know, I think we've made great strides in certain areas, but I also think the greatest strides we made are because of people like you that have found solutions that are working. Please share with us, you know, what you've discovered and what some of these treatments are that you're implementing in your day-to-day healing practices. Okay. I, I think,
2: you know, before I get into specific okay. treatments, I think the, the, it's very important to think about the overall Aspects of what we're trying to achieve. Okay, so you have the idea again—the bug, all these Lyme or Borrelia bacteria, and people. Again, we I, we use Lyme a lot of times loosely. It's like tick-borne diseases, or like
3: yeah. at, you know,
2: Bartonella, Babesia, all yeah. these co-infections and viruses, etc. But it's all about the environment where those bugs hang out. Mm. So if it's just like saying, well, why do people go down south for the winter? Because they don't want to stay in the cold and you know, they want to go in a warmer environment. Well, these guys, well, these bugs are going to hang out in a body that's going to be a, a proper hospitable place for it. Okay, so what is it really like? What do they like? Well, they like an immune system that's not functioning so great. Well, how would an immune system not function great? Well, maybe there's certain micronutrients that are deficient in the body. Maybe the person's got a lot of toxicities. Maybe the person's under a huge amount of stress or they've just gotten, you know, some kind of uh, accident and and they have inflammation happening. Maybe they have uh, food sensitivities that are causing inflammation throughout the body. And it goes on and on and on from there. So if we think about that, then you have to think about, well, what can you do to help those things? And what can we do to test for it? So that's kind of where we look at with patients when they come in is first of all what are we dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um now you mentioned certain blood tests like IGENIX, yep. which is a great mm-hmm. lab out of Palo Alto, California. Yep. We have mm-hmm. some other ones that we've been using as well. Um but blood tests don't always pick up on everything. Right. Uh, that's just the, the you know the fact. Uh, it, it there's a lot of reasons for it and we don't have to get into it now, but I've been using for many, many years uh, something known as uh, EAV or electroacupuncture, according to Vol. Have you ever heard of that, Dr. Penn?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I heard of it. I haven't had the pleasure, but um, I'm excited to hear you talk about it because it makes perfect sense. Okay. But it would mm-hmm. make sense to you and me, but I want to explain okay. why it makes sense to the people listening. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I
2: don't know what you've covered or you haven't before. But for no, everybody out please. there, elect, is this, Dr. Voll was a, a scientist uh, out in Germany in, in the 60s or so. He was doing an acupuncturist, a medical doctor, an anatomy professor. And he found that the acupuncture points, everyone's heard of it, perhaps acupuncture, but these meridians, these electromagnetic energy pathways in the body, and that's what Qi is. Chi is this electromagnetic energy these meridian pathways, if you go to the acupuncture point, you can see that that skin has a different electrical resistance and conductance than the surrounding skin. So think of these acupuncture meridians as rivers of energy, the acupuncture point as a welling point into that river. Okay? So Dr. Volf had a if he were to take like an meter, which measures resistivity and conductivity, and he put it on a, one of those acupuncture points and had the person hold a, like a brass bar at the other side of their body, you could see how the electromagnetics flow through that acupuncture uh-huh. meridian. And so after that, so he found that you can test for weaknesses in the body. Now, um, um, what else Dr. Vol sort of serendipitously found out is that one can test for things that might balance that, that uh, meridian or meridian point. And we can also maybe detect what might be causing some issues. So what does that mean? Everything has a unique electromagnetic signature, okay? Just like we all have our own thumbprint, everything vibrates at a certain frequency. Right. So if we were able to take that frequency and pass it through the body, and let's say that meridian pathway, let's say it's on a large intestine, you're going to a specific acupuncture point that, let's say, deals with uh, the sigmoid colon. And then you're seeing the sigmoid colon has an energetic drop. And then we send a signal for some pathogen into that place, let's say like Borrelia burgdorferi. Uh-huh. And now you get a change in that conductance and resistance in that spot. Well, that becomes a signal detection, okay, of that, of that uh, pathogen. Does that mean that it's proof that you have that pathogen? Not necessarily, but it does give us information, okay? So we're able to test the body and see what signals are being detected for these co-infections, for let's say heavy metals and chemicals and all these other things. And we can tell maybe how strong or weak those signals are. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a very good indicator that we may be dealing with you know, X, Y, or Z pathogen or pathology. Again, you can't diagnose based on that, all right? It's not the same right. as a blood test, but it, I've found it to be very accurate. Uh, Because in Lyme disease, and this is something everyone really needs to know about, it's not necessarily a disease. I think even the CDC acknowledges this, is that it's not a disease necessarily of um, lab results. It's a disease that's diagnosed by symptoms and how the person's presenting although that becomes always like, difficult, as we were mentioning before. So you mm-hmm. take information like EAV, you take blood tests, take those information, take the person's symptoms, and then sometimes we'll treat based on the information we're getting from multiple sources and see how they respond. Because if they have Lyme, they're going to respond in some way. Let's say if we use an herb that's specific mm-hmm. for perhaps some of these um, uh, you know, uh, organisms that could be going on with it. So that's part of what we'll do. And then we'll work on, you know, there are blood tests and urine tests and hair tests that you can do to look for toxins beyond this. And then we may run tests for micronutrient deficiencies and food sensitivities. These are all ways of figuring out how can we lower that burden, that stress of the body. Yeah. So that these bugs aren't so happy to live there. They go, hey, this is, this is not such a hot spot, you know. <laughs> so this, these are some of the things that, that we look at first.
1: It's a threshold. I mean, what I hear you saying is, and we hear this, right, uh, over and over and over again. Here's the story, right? We hear the story, oh, okay, well, you know, how is it like, in my case, how, how is it like one day I'm a pillar of health and then the next day immediately things start to break down. Well, we now look at what kinds of things have happened to an individual, like you said. So what if somebody goes in and gets a major surgery, but they get out and they're doing pretty well, except that a little bit down the road, other things start to happen. So what you what I hear you saying is that there are ways for us to become investigators, you know, to really discover what might be going on but don't you think that this was if you want to go back a little bit in time this was the way that people that were treated hundreds of years ago this was the process in a sense that was used it was an investigation process it's ruling things out but let's build and create that threshold for wellness that's what i hear you're saying too It's not just about breaking things down. Although sometimes if you're using the right herb, don't we, maybe we're going to feel a little bit worse, maybe. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: I think, you know, Hahnemann, Samuel Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy, he called Mm -hmm. these obstacles to cure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just imagine you're on the freeway and you want to go to where you're going and they have a whole bunch of uh, roadblocks set up. It's going to be much harder for you to get to where you want to go. You're still may get there, but then again, you might just say, well, I'm just going to sit in traffic for the next two hours. <laughs> so how can we make that um, – how can we like, clear the pathway open? And by the way, another thing that I mentioned when uh, mm-hmm. we talk about the meridians, these energy pathways, is the energy pathways are blocked, as they often are with Lyme patients. The energy, the this chi, this electromagnetic energy isn't getting to the certain areas because there's let's like you know imagine a river and you throw a dam in the middle of the river. Well, downstream, you're not getting a lot of that energy because it's being blocked. A lot of that water because it's being blocked by the by the dam. So imagine you're taking an antibiotic or mm-hmm. a, a antimicrobial herb. It's not going to go where it needs to go if that energy isn't flowing. So some a lot of times we use uh, techniques to help that along which uh i I have somebody here that does an amazing um japanese reiki it's nothing like american reiki or that we know in the west but it's very very different using almost like uh, using uh the meridian acupuncture points and pulse and tongue diagnosis but someone who has a really good acupuncturist that could also help open those pathways and then we can start this this healing process because we want to detoxify the body okay Mm. we want to do things like that so That's part of it. But now, I mean, we could talk about some of these other therapies that I've been using, which are kind of cool. Um, You know, for instance, um, let's talk about hyperbaric
1: oxygen. Yes, let's. Okay.
2: Hyperbaric oxygen is oxygen under pressure. Okay. A lot of people mispronounce it. I'm going to go in the hyperbolic chamber (laughs) and whatever they want. You're not going to hyperbolic. It's hyperbaric. It means excess, you know, baric pressure, excess pressure. And oxygen means we are putting in 100% oxygen into them, okay? We have what's a monoplace chamber where one patient goes in and we literally fill the chamber with 100% oxygen. And as you increase the pressure in the chamber, that starts dissolving the oxygen into the bloodstream where at a certain point the red blood cells aren't even important because the plasma is carrying more oxygen, and then it goes into the cerebral spinal fluid and into your joints and into everything at in a much much higher level. We know we need oxygen like nothing else right, right? four to six minutes no oxygen yeah. you 're gone because it 's the right. main uh, molecule for life and it also has an effect on the genetics you know, we just started learning this several years back that over eight thousand genes that we know of are turned on or off by just one hyperbaric session so we 're also Creating was like a genetic effect on the body to increase the immune system, uh, get new blood vessels formed to areas, get stem cells circulating. So it's amazing. So we use it for neurological conditions and brain injuries and things like that. It also helps heal the blood-brain barrier. Now that is affected a lot by the spirochetes, these Lyme bugs. They corkscrew right through the blood-brain barrier, and they go right into the brain and the the blood vessels, and they cause inflammation. And if we were to look at something like a brain spec scan, which measures blood flow perfusion through the brain, if you look at a Lyme patient, someone who's got neuro Lyme, they have all these like sort of looks like spots that are low flow through their brain. So hyperbaric can help with that. It also, these bugs, specifically Borrelia, doesn't like a lot of oxygen called a microphilic anaerobe. That means It likes just a little bit, but not a lot. That's why it likes to go into you know, tissues and things like that away from the bloodstream, you know, mm-hmm. joints and things like that don't always have like, a lot of oxygen, but here we're right. super saturating the body with oxygen. So people will have die-off in a hyperbaric chamber. So it, I don't always just use it though to say, well, I'm using this as another killing device, but we'll use it to help the body Um, in its its healing process and helping heal the blood-brain barrier. And and we don't use it for every case. It depends on the case and what we're trying to achieve.
1: Yeah. You you know, one of the things I want to ask you about with this, too, is that, um, you know, we always wonder, and you just said it, so I want to really stay with this. People wonder, they say, well, why is this confused for the famous rheumatoid arthritis. Why is it, and let's just pick one thing because we could pick a lot, but let's just pick that one thing. And and, and people wonder, well, wait a minute. It's, it's you know, rheumatoid arthritis been around, got to be this, got to be that. And yet at the same time, I want to get back to what you just said about oxygen and the body. So mm-hmm. if we have a condition where we have something in our body that doesn't like oxygen and it has this unique detector of where to go where there's no oxygen, right? I'm almost like making a little sci-fi movie here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it has a knowing of, oh, oxygen, that doesn't feel good. Let me move over here. And it will move to a place, right? where it is most comfortable and most protected. Mm-hmm. And so what does it do when it gets there? So this is the question. So let's say it does find a nice, new, happy mansion home in the joints. Then what yeah. does it do? Because people don't understand necessarily how this works and why some of the treatments we're talking about today are highly effective.
2: Well, you know, you have to understand they're just doing what they do. They're not, yeah. Uh, they don't have a evil agenda. No. They're not, not to conquer the world. They're just there to replicate and live, and you know, move on to the next host. That's all they do. They're, yeah. they're, they're good at doing it. Uh, and the reason, one of the reasons they're good at doing it is they're good at uh, evading the immune system. Um, so, again, we're using. You think about the standard of care is 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 antibiotics, mm-hmm. and the, and antibiotics have their place. You know, it's not like they oh that's always evil, but the antibiotics are you know, they're they they're very precise in certain mm-hmm. types of things that they're going and killing. Um and what it seems to be and this is why I think we see chronic Lyme disease besides the whole idea mm-hmm. of the toxic body. Yep. Is that these bugs are really good at going and saying, Whoa, Look at my friends! Just all got killed off. I got to do something, and they change right. their form, or they wall themselves off with the city, you know, like a wall with you know protection called a biofilm, and they just they can hang out. And they're like, "Well, it's exploding, uh, you know, uh, doxycycline around me. I'm just gonna, you know, shut the door and wait this out." <laughs> and they
3: do. <laughs> That's right. And when it's
2: done, you know, they come out and they're like, "Wow, it's nice day out. Let's go replicate," and you know go drill through some more tissues and cause some more inflammation. And, you know, and then all of a sudden symptoms come back. So that's kind of what they do. And, you know, I haven't talked to Borrelia recently to know why they're doing it, but I take it that they're just, uh, you know, trying to exist.
1: Well, I think they're doing like uh, what what we do, I mean, I mean, if we if we were to sort of you know put ourselves in their shoes, just like human beings, we're not going to take ourselves and embed ourselves in more pain. Meaning, in mm-hmm. life in general, we're not going to look at a situation and say, "Oh my God, that's a horrific situation. Let me take the fast train to get there." A- and mm-hmm. there's like a natural a naturalness for you along the way in helping people and healing people. Um, these treatments that we're talking about today are really opening doors for like you said rebuilding the body rebuilding and also teaching ourselves new ways uh teaching ourselves new things to do you know what is it that you are using in terms of herbal formulas and antimicrobial herbs i would like to talk about that because you know, a couple of people listened to a show not too long ago, went online, ordered a few things, decided they were going to take them, and emailed me and said, "Oh my gosh, you know, I I don't feel good." And I'm like, y- "You have to go to a doctor."
2: <laughs> yeah. So let's so talk about
1: the magic yeah. of this or not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was interviewed not too long ago, and and and, and uh, this other person said, so, "You know, what can you take?" I'm like, well, you know, there's a bunch of things you could take. I didn't really want to get into all the details of all the different types of herbs um, because what you said, Dr. Pat, is so correct. Uh, You start things uh, that you're going to have a big toxic, you know, waste dump in your bloodstream. So, what do you do with that? Uh, Your body has to be prepared for that. So, we'll use different herbal formulas that will help. The body just in homeopathics, by the way, homeopathy we use a lot
3: uh-huh. to help
2: the body support the l- organs of detoxification your liver, your uh, kidneys, and your people need adrenal support some a lot of times as well. But you know, your skin, what if, what if you're not sweating? You know, that's a detox route. What if you're not pooping? You can't go start detoxifying somebody and they're not, they're not evacuating. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're auto-intoxicating. That means you're re-intoxicating yourself with everything that you're just trying to get rid of. Yeah. Whether that's with lime or, or pulling out heavy metals like mercury. I mean, you can oh, yeah. really make them not feel well. So that's like the first steps. is just like saying, okay, let's make sure that the body is able to clear this stuff out. Yeah. And, and then the next step is, okay, now using things to, uh, uh, let's say, go after these organisms. You know people have probably heard of cemento, which is like cat's claw, which really was oh, yeah. great some people yeah. right, some people use sars saris, uh, mm-hmm. um you know antiviral anti also binds toxins, artemisinin, you know it's a really great antiparasitic and also helps the natural killer cells in the body. Uh, neem. Some people have heard of neem. Oh, I'm going to go grab my neem and start taking that. It's great. Yeah. So people use like oil of oregano. And, you know, yeah. what we do is we, te- we test the patient.
3: Uh-huh. Okay.
2: When I have a patient come in, I'll do things like EAV to test to see, well, what what's working right now for them. Okay. And see what's best for them at the time, you know, in conjunction with the other testing that we're doing and seeing how they're going. But one patient may you know, be able to do like 30 drops two or three times a day of Cemento. Another patient takes one drop and they're flat on their back. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very individualized. Exactly. You you can say, well, yeah.
1: Well, I think what you're talking about is really important because it is individualized and because it is individualized, you have to go see somebody because this is not a one size fits all. Um, You know, clearly, for those of you out there, you know this and I know this. And, you know, my experience with oil of oregano was um, I was I was told, you know, take this uh, oil of oregano capsule and, you know, take X amount. Of course, for me early on in my healing journey, I thought, well, if one is good, two or three must be better. Right. Right, more is better, right? <laughs> well, okay, so, you know, so here's what I learned. I learned that the degree by which there was something going on in my body was directly related to the de- the degree by which my body reacted to this oil of oregano. And I think for people, you have to have a system. Isn't that part of what you do?
2: Yes, I mean, we're we're working on the system for that patient. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's an ebb and flow because, you know, you think about, okay, what do I need to do with this person now? And what am I looking to try and do? And then, you know, you try and do everything you thought you were going to do. And the patient's body's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. And then you got to kind of re- reassess and sort of slow things down and, Um, You know, a lot of times one of the first things we do is just open a person's mesenchyme, which is the space, the extracellular matrix, where everything kind of nutrients in, toxins out. I mean, the cells are all, you know, they're joined together, but they have spaces, little micro, you know, scopic spaces. And Mm -hmm. energetically, we can test that. If that's blocked up, it's like trying to do spring cleaning in your house with all the windows shut.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: It's like, you know, dust gets all kicked around and you're choking on it. Sometimes just opening up that mesenchyme with certain homeopathics can make a world of a difference. I've even had people come in in a wheelchair, open the mesenchyme, and they're like walking in the next time. And We didn't do anything against their Lyme and didn't even specifically detox any one thing. It's just like it's like turning on the energy production centers of the body, helping the, uh, helping the organs of detox start moving things out, and you know, bam, oh, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. a big difference. So everyone's a little different. Everyone's a little different and we all try and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm speaking about myself, but, you know, if you're going to go out here, you're right at Bastille University near you and there's a lot of great naturopaths in oh, the region. Yeah. And, you know, they, everyone, if they're following naturopathic philosophy, they are able to start to think in this way. And that's why I said, it's really, you know, allopathic medicine. This is the term for what we now are mm-hmm. in America, this conventional medicine model. They're not trained to think this way. Yeah. You're just not trained to think this way. I mean, yep. some of the more enlightened ones are thinking this way, but, you know, you go to medical school, you don't think like this. You think of disease, differential diagnosis, and what drug you're going to get.
1: Yeah. Aren't the stories and I know we boy we're just just moving right through this today. Before we uh before we keep going here, I want to just one more time, can you please let folks know how to find out more about you? And for folks listening, if they'd like to schedule an appointment, please let them know what to do.
2: Sure. You can always call my office at 203-371-8258. And you can also visit our website at wholebodymed.com. That's wholebodymed.com. We're all part of the Briner Whole Body Health Center. Uh, We have a Facebook page as well. You can look for Briner Whole Body Health Center on Facebook. Um, My father is a world-renowned holistic dentist, whole body dentistry. And so we have a clinic. We're actually looking at the whole dental aspect too. Oh, yeah. is a huge, huge, huge other topic. Um, and so we were one of the first in this country to kind of bring that together under one roof, this naturopathic and holistic dentistry. Um, because you know, there's a little thing out there, folks, imagine you got a root canal tooth and sometimes it's okay for people, but other times it's sitting on the meridian that can really be affecting you. And that root canal tooth is a chronic infected area and that can process everything. And then in, in Lyme disease goes to those areas too. So I just throw that out. So
1: <laughs> no, it's important. So it's another. a really yeah. important, it's a very, very important point because in, you know, we're starting to see increased numbers in that area where there are complicated infections uh, that are going yep. on in the mouth. But, you know, I, I will say congratulations for you. And thank you for connecting the dots because we're not quite there yet. Um, uh, and and I wanted to ask you this 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 question in kind of the time we have left, given what you've seen and the people you're hel- helping, you know what what is your vision for the future look like? What are you hoping we get done more? What are some of the new innovative things you're hearing and seeing?
2: Wow, that's a large topic.
1: <laughs> I know I've, I left um, the rest of the show for you.
2: I know you're. Um, so I mean, I'm always trying to look for new and innovative things, and I think there's there's a lot, you know, sort of out there. Um, you know, I'm hoping that people, as far as you know, what the the the, the folks out there are not doctors or just thinking about this for themselves. Like, oh my God, do I have Lyme? It, uh-huh. It's also just you know, try and find somebody that knows a bit about it. Mm-hmm. You know, see if their philosophy rings true for you, and. um you know, don't just do a blood test and think, well, that came back negative. Well, what else do I got going on? I mean, you really have to think about it. You really need someone who can, you know, right. sit back and think about this. And, you know, and, and not everything's Lyme. I mean, you know, right. a, a lot of people have Lyme. is like, well, oh, this one's got Lyme. You have Lyme. And everyone, you know, my, everyone I know must have Lyme. You know, someone's got a cardiac thing. Well, you got to have Lyme. No, no, no. Go see a cardiologist first. Rule that out. Don't don't just assume it's Lyme, but a lot of Lyme patients have cardiac symptoms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to think about that. But, you know, thinking about what you can do preventatively to help your body out. And this is also on the emotional plane, too. Can you, you know, help yourself with all the stressors that are out there uh, in, in one's life? So, you know, there's a lot of professions that cross into this. And it's not just the naturopaths. I mean, you're, you're thinking a lot of different people that could be helpful for you. Um, you know, as, as far as techniques, technologies, again, different people are researching perhaps different herbs or combinations thereof. Or the energetics of how these things are interacting with the body is huge. Or, I mean, our body is an electromagnetic energetic system first. You know, what you touch and feel is physical, but that is all made up of um, energy. You know, we are just congealed energy. So think about that. Um, so you have to think well, what can be affecting those energies. Um, diet, of course, is really, really important, um, and, and we have to think about. we I mean, not just food sensitivities, but what things yeah. can, you know sort of raise the vibrational state of your body. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the types of food you're eating. You know, we we've, I mean, think of why why Lyme becoming such a huge problem now, and, and we have so much changes in our food supply. Right. And, uh from, from genetically modified organisms. And, you know, we're, we're doing more with uh, things in the environment uh, you know, and to ourselves. A lot of people are more vaccinations than they ever had before. We have Wi-Fi where this just didn't exist 30 years ago and, and cell phones. And who knows how this is affecting us? So right. We have to think about this, you know. Um, and then we have the good old horrible implanted toxins like, you know, mercury fillings. You know, hey, let's put a neurotoxin in this person and let them walk out the door. You know, people are walking around with that too. Uh, another one of the great imposters, just like Lyme, that can show up with so many different symptoms. But you know, technology-wise, things like neurofeedback is one of the things I've been doing since you know I started out, and that is a way. And when I started out, it really wasn't heard of much. Uh-huh. Right. What's what is that? One one thing is that we do is we take a um brain map. Okay, we, we actually literally put electrodes on somebody's head and we read their brain waves. Okay, so an EEG is an electroencephalogram, just like an EKG is a electrocardiogram or ECG sometimes it's called.
3: All uh-huh. right.
2: So we're measuring the electrical activity of, of the brain. And you can measure that through these, you know, amplify it with an amplifier, a specific type of amplifier. And when the brain is not functioning optimally, you know, we can see that. We can see how far off those brainwave patterns are based on a normative database. And that's called, like, brain mapping. But even, like, the waves themselves, when I learned um, EEG many years ago with one of the founders of the whole field of neurofeedback, Dr. Margaret Ayers, we were able to see actually patterns in those waves of infection patterns and, and, and injury patterns and things like that. It's pretty amazing. So, why well, go ahead? Yeah, question.
1: Well, what I think, you know, this is what's really kind of key, we have a, a lot more innovative approaches to things now than we ever have. I mean, we are literally looking at the people like you and your your father who have been on the forefront of this and we're actually counting on you to bring these solutions to the forefront because they're starting to make sense now. See, you know, they're start, we're starting to get the attention of, of people that are alive and well today. Isn't that what you're seeing in the people you treat? Because you and I wouldn't be talking about this if there weren't results,
2: Yeah. Well, there 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 are results out there, and I think, but people have to understand that each person has a different result, and and depending on where you're getting them in their in their process of their their illness, you know, it's a matter of again bringing that system to be as strong and resilient as possible. You know, um, think people say, "Well, I'm ever going to get rid of this thing? I'm ever going to kill all the bugs?" Mm. Uh, I can say, "I don't know. I don't know if you can ever kill all those bugs." I mean, people walk around with beta hemolytic strep in them and they don't have strep they don't have the symptoms of a strep throat but it's because their body just isn't a hospitable growth environment for it so if you can make your body a not so great growth environment for these bacteria to run free and you know do what they do you know, maybe there are some bacteria hanging out but it's probably just not affecting you right that's why some people can get really sick and some people just won't yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's just you know so when, we, when i we were talking about the EEG and the, the yeah. brain. We could see changes. We could see, uh, like sl- like these slower waves, these delta and theta waves, which are seen, you know, mostly when you're sleeping, will in- have increased amplitude in these in the brain who have dysfunction with things like Lyme, where their blood flow isn't going so well. So we can literally teach the brain through something called neurofeedback. Or like every time, uh, imagine we hook the brain up to this uh, uh, EEG computer and we read the brainwaves and we say, okay, every time brain uh, you do a good brainwave pattern, I'm going to give you a reward. And that could be like a patient's looking at, let's say, a TV screen and a movie's playing and it gets brighter instead of dimmer when when they're doing well. Or they uh, are having a video game that starts getting points when they're doing well and also have an audible like beep or ding. The brain goes, oh. That's cool, that's different, and it'll, that's called feedback. So every time it hears that, it wants to pattern itself again. So as it patterns itself again to this, quote, unquote proper brainwave state, blood flow and everything starts increasing in the brain in those areas that you're working on. And remember what we talked about before is that you know, Lyme restricts blood flow to areas, so you start getting that to the brain. So a lot of, these, a lot of patients with Lyme have, have, let's say, brain fog. Right? They just like feel like they're in yeah. a fog or they can't concentrate or or some people who all of a sudden will have anxiety or they really never had much of it before and now it's like really bad. So you have to try and shift the way the brain is is um uh the energy in the brain, you know, and yeah. trying to unstick those patterns. And that's something you can do with things like neurofeedback. Now mm-hmm. again, you still have to deal about the bug too, um, because if you just do this all day long, you're working against the tide. You have to do other things. So it's not always what we do right off the bat, but it can really help people symptom-wise. So there's that, and you know, it's like magnetic coil therapies where we're actually giving the brain certain frequencies it needs and where we know we can map and very specifically feed that uh, frequency back to the brain to help it out. So there's, there's a lot of things we can do, and we're always looking, you know, what else can we do? What else can we do to help the body yeah. out? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the most uh, exciting things I'm looking at right now is uh, ozone therapy. And that's a whole show in itself. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what works, what doesn't, you know, the innovations done there. Um, certainly the, the mechanics of it not really being innovatively created here, but abroad you know, different therapies being created. But the point that I think uh, of today and today's show, and thank you so much for bringing this forward, is that in the world we live in today, we have solutions today we didn't have three years ago, we didn't have five years ago, and we certainly didn't have 10 years ago. And I think that's, for me, that's the thing that I hope people listen to today is not to give up.
2: Yeah, don't give up. Definitely don't give up. I mean, if, if you're not finding the answers, you know, you can get to someone else that does. But I will have to say this,
3: because
2: uh-huh. um, often when people are very weak and they don't see those immediate results, they're like, well, I, I, I'm i done with this guy. I'm going on to the next guy. Right. Um, you, you can't think of that with Lyme. Again, you want to make sure that the person's philosophy is fitting up with what we we're talking about here. And you got to stick with it. Uh, doctor shopping is never going to get someone better. The people who tend to be very sick and doctor shop don't ever get well. They mm-hmm. are just on this perpetual, you know, journey of just doing things. So, you know, there's no, that's just one way to treat Lyme. There are other ways and, and, and people have to understand that. And, and, you know, and sometimes you can bring them together. It's sometimes we have patients who are seeing multiple practitioners and, you know, if we can somehow figure a way to coordinate that care, that, that's, that's very good, too. Um, I agree. You know, I just caution people against that.
1: I agree. You know, in the end, many of us now have been able to do our homework because there is lots of information available and we're doing shows like this. So I want to thank you so very much. Thank you for all that you do. One last quick question. Yeah. Personal message. What would you like to leave us with today?
2: Well, I, I think uh, it has something to do with what we just said. It's it's, it's Don't give up. Uh, there are answers out there. And, um, you know, just you you are your best doctor. You're your best uh, person to know what's going on with your body. And, and yes, there's a huge amount of information out there. It's actually overwhelming. Um, so do some of your research, but don't sit on – a computer all day long and wonder about, do you have this, do you have this, do you have this, do you have, this, do you have that? Because you're really, uh, you know, you can get very almost too into it. But, you know, find someone that you, that you find resonates with your philosophy on this, someone you can trust and that will listen to your, uh, you know, ideas. I mean, yeah. it as a doctor, I, I don't know all these things. I can't know everything, you know, that out there. Sometimes a patient will bring something new in and, be like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, exactly. We should try that too. So, you know, someone who can work with you. I think that's very important. But, you know, don't give up hope. Um, it's going to be a long road, but, you know, you can get better. Uh, and and just remember that.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Briner. Thank you all for tuning You're us welcome. in and turning us on. And if you missed any part of this, go to limetalkradio.com or Transformation Talk Radio. Be well, everyone. And as Dr. Briner said, Don't give up hope.
0: Thanks for listening to Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basilli. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body mind spirit remedy for more information visit limetalkradio.com and tune in next time